What's your favorite scary movie? podcast for 220-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. We have a guest this week returning yes. again. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. It's me again, <laughs> Sunday in Sydney. Alive and in stereo. And very stressed out. Are, are you alive right now? Because I know Sundance is happening. <laughs> Yeah, by the time everyone listens to this, I will actually be at Sundance, Woo! which will be amazing for everyone else, and uh, <laughs> very, very fun, and a lot of work for me, but it'll be good. <clears throat> you get, but you I'm get, excited to be here. Yeah, you get to see stu- some stuff, though, right? Oh, yeah. I have a, um, I have eight tickets that I, I picked out, like, last month okay. in, like, a fit of, like, I had, like, this manic moment where I was like, oh, I need movies. <laughs> <laughs> I movies? Just... I heard of them? Well, because every year um, I may very meticulously plan out what I want to see, and then it takes me, like, you know, I go through, like, list after list after list, and I, like, have the perfect selection, and this year I was so busy I just totally fucking forgot and then it was my time my day and my time to pick my tickets and I was like uh movies I heard of them and so <laughs> I just like went through and I was like uh, I think these look good um so we'll see who knows I mean every movie is good but like who, who knows <laughs> movies are good movies are good and I'm uh all right so the movie we're talking about today it was at Sundance right it was. I saw it there. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about Raw, y'all. The... Yes. <laughs> um. Well, it says it's from 2016, but I don't think we got it till 2017, right? Yeah, it played at Cannes in 2016, okay, and then yeah. I think it might have played at Toronto in 2016. Okay. And then Sundance had it in the spotlight section in 2017, which is where I saw it, and then mm. I think it came out, like, in that, that spring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so bummed right. I missed it in theaters. Like, I wanted to go to the Newark and get a barf bag handed to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It was a really fun experience, speaking personally. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't think of a better bonding experience than, like, <laughs> a theater full of people just gagging together in unison. Like, it was great. And as I was watching this movie again to, like, take notes and reminisce, I was like, that was, those were the days, honestly. Like, those are the mem- those are the memories. Like, you can't make that shit up. Like, yeah, that cinema, baby. I don't think I've ever seen anything in a theater that, like, everyone was disgusted by. It's really fun. It- <laughs> I, highly, I highly recommend I it. I mean, maybe cats, but uh, that's a different <laughs> That's different. Um, it was, no, it was good. I actually, um, I, the reason I wanted to see it in the first place was because I had read reports that, like, people were getting sick and passing out and throwing up, and I was like, that sounds you know it's like something and so I managed to get a ticket to it because I knew a guy who he had extra tickets to stuff and we worked together and I was a really good volunteer Mm -hmm. and 
at the end of the festival, he was like, is there anything you really want to see? And I was like, yeah, I really want to go see Raw. And he was like, that is not what I thought you were going to say. Would not have expected that movie to come out of the mouth of such a nice young lady like yourself. But uh, you can have a ticket to it. And so he gave me a ticket, and it was the last movie I saw at Sundance that year. I had a flight like at 8 a.m. the next morning, and this was a midnight screening. Oh, my God. And so it was me and my friends and my best friend's boyfriend at the time. She had already left that day, and so it was us. And we were sitting in this theater. We were watching this movie. And I'm kind of a squeamish person. That's why I don't watch a lot of horror Mm -hmm. movies. But I figured I would be fine. And then, so we're watching this movie, right? And everyone's getting, like, really uncomfortable. And, you know, that escalates. And then, I'm sure, as we'll talk about, there's a scene in this movie Mm. that caused me to... (laughs) I went, (laughs) Immediately... I, I didn't lunge forward, which is what you're supposed to do when you throw are going to throw up. I lunged to my left into my friend's boyfriend's lap, and I almost vomited right on him. And oh he God. was like, no! <laughs> and all of my friends were looking at me like, Sydney. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I didn't throw up. Thank God. Um, but I did have to tell my best friend that I almost vomited on her boyfriend's lap. And she was like, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's what they're there for. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was very nice about it. Thank God. Because I was mortified. But like, I would be honored if I took someone to a horror movie and they vomited on me. <laughs> well, maybe next time it'll be in your lap, Kate. <laughs> like, well, what's going to was... be out when you're in LA this year? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, God, I've only vomited at like two movies in my entire life and that was one of them so what, like, wait, I did. what's the other one it's none of your business oh, okay. <laughs> there, I, as jake Gy- as jake gyllenhaal would say there are some things that i like to keep to myself <laughs> that are just my business <laughs> oh, okay. it's funny because my best my best friend has been trying to get that information out of me for years oh. and i know she'll listen to this podcast so i can't tell sorry you. i wouldn't have asked if i didn't if i didn't i didn't know that okay <laughs> <laughs> it's a Harmony Corinne film, that's all I'll say. Oh, well then. I yeah. don't think I've ever seen a Harmony Corinne film and I'm not, like, in a big rush. You're fine. Yeah. You, you can go your whole life without... I could. I, I mean, I've done it already. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but... So that was my experience watching this movie in a theater, and it was really fun. Um, the filmmaker was not able to come for a Q&A, which Aww. for me, I was like, that's fine, because I didn't want her to, like, perceive me, like, shaking and, like, <laughs> Don't wanna be vomiting. Seen. Well, I know that she actually, like, she felt really bad for, like, the a couple, like, it was, like, two people in Toronto that passed out, and she was like, are they okay? Like, she wasn't like, fuck yeah, my movie's making people die! Like, she was just like, are they, like, are they gonna be good? Like, she felt bad about it. And, like, she... I think she almost kind of felt bad that, like, that's what this was known for, is just like, oh, you know, it's so gross, and people are barfing and fainting. Like, she just wanted to make a movie. (laughs) It definitely gives the movie a reputation. It did at the time, anyway. Oh, yeah. That, like, I don't know if it was warranted because a lot of people like really avoided it yeah and, you know when i was watching it again i was like it really wasn't that it's bad not. Like, maybe my maybe my stomach has just gotten stronger but like <laughs> i don't know what compelled me that first time to just lunge but, like... <laughs> what's the can we talk about what well, uh, f- first i'll just briefly give a synopsis that it's about yeah. this this uh 
this girl going to veterinary school and she's been raised vegetarian her whole life and as part of a hazing ritual she has to eat like rabbit kidneys and it turns it gives her this lust for first for meat and for sex and then human flesh basically you know all the, the, yeah. the trio um just typical and there's a stuff. there is a part where uh, uh due to unfortunate circumstances her sister's finger gets cut off and she passes out and she's chows down on her severed finger and <laughs> yummy yum 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 god like the listen watching this with like headphones in was a time yeah. because the sound effects for everything are so fucking gross and like intentional yeah. and like i love them like even even bef- anytime you see her eating even before she's like become this like she's just always eat like chowing down like it's not this petite eat like a bird thing she's just like i gotta eat <laughs> she's hungry she's hungry i mean for lots of stuff yeah (laughs) so that 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 is the part right sydney that oh yeah yeah, no that was definitely i'm not a mind yeah that is definitely the scene um where we were all just because like the scene plays out like like it just starts to escalate like the finger gets cut off and then her sister just passes out and then she's just like looking at she's like eyeing the finger and then she kind of like gets a little blood on her hand and like licks it off mm-hmm. and, and like everyone in the theater was kind of like rustling a little bit we were kind of like in the gonna... and then the music like swells and then she just starts fucking going to town on this finger and we were, we were all like oh no! <laughs> like that's how it sounded like we were all like oh and, and then i think some dude was like i gotta go and he like leaves and we were all just like bye you gotta go <laughs> like this dude did leave during the theater i remember oh that because we all waved to him this was pre me throwing up so i was like feeling hubris i was like yeah see you outside dude and then like yeah. i started vomiting and i was like oh god <laughs> you're like wait hold on <laughs> i gotta hold join up. you yeah hold <laughs> but yeah um mm. I actually didn't feel as nauseous watching that scene this time. This time for me was the scene with the hair. Oh, where, like, yeah. She's been like chewing on her hair to like curb these cravings, and then she yeah. just vomits like this never ending. It was like a magician's trick of hair just coming out. <laughs> for the listeners, Ella's making a very uncomfortable face. I've, I've never, <laughs> I've never wanted to die more than in that, in that scene. Yeah, that was the part where you... reaction. That was the part where Elle had to turn it off when we were first watching it together. And so then I I had to finish it on my own. Yeah, it's... It's something, all right. (laughs) (laughs) But I love this movie. I I love how nasty it is. (laughs) Elle, how did you... This was your first time finishing it? Yes. What'd you think? Oh, okay. (laughs) Thoughts? (laughs) <laughs> many thoughts head full many thoughts uh it's it's really good i will say it's really good it's just really like i had there were some parts i had to turn the sound off because it wasn't so much like the the visually the worst part for me was the hair and probably the finger but like sometimes the noises like i wasn't wearing headphones for it but just sometimes i was just like mute button <laughs> i was like i can't do it until the scene was done mm-hmm. um because, yeah, that was, it was, like, this kind of the same thing for, like, Train to Busan. I only got 15 minutes in it, and, like, even then I wasn't wearing headphones, and the noises just got to me. Like, my stomach started turning, and I was like, all right, we're going to pause that or exit <laughs> out of that. I'm not doing this. So, 
I don't know if I ever watched it again because this was really hard for me to sit through. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. I can at least say I've seen it. Yeah. All the way Give through. Give it like three years and then you'll be fine like me. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need more time. Um, but like, it's I, it's really good and I just really would love to see like more from this director like for horror films or like even like if somebody wanted to do like a remake because I I think Kate mentioned it one time like having like this this director do like American Werewolf in London remake. Did um, I say that? Yeah. Probably that sounds like something. I, I think would so. Say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or like, like a I'm werewolf sure movie or something. Like I yeah. want to I want well I was saying I want a female directed werewolf movie and then I realized Bad Manners exists but I haven't watched it yet. Is it Bad Manners or Good Manners? It's good manners. Thank you. So you're just like, hello. <laughs> um, but I mean, I haven't seen it either. But she, um, she has something lined up that I don't know if it's horror or not. I was just like checking her IMDb page. Like yeah, I'm fo- neon. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Neon neon bought her next film. Um, I think it just has a title. We don't really know what it's about, and we don't really quite know when it's coming in the next year or so. But like, they've bought the exclusive rights to it okay. as a part of like a big push that they've been doing this year. When, when they bought Portrait of a Lady on Fire to expand, like, their international and, like, French mm-hmm. catalog specifically. So they bought her her next film. So it's definitely in the works and it's coming. Um, we just don't really know anything mm-hmm. about it. Um, but, I mean, I feel like all of the work she's done, <clears throat> excuse me, before this movie um, has been horror-focused, especially, mm-hmm. like, body-focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like she's probably going to be exploring similar stuff going forward i'm really fucking yeah, excited i'll be there uh, it's her and then uh i will b- butcher the name of this woman but coralie <gasps> Ferge, who directed revenge yes. those were the two women i'm like yeah second film when like, like truly she still doesn't have anything lined up does she i don't think oh, so I, like, unless she she's work- what she, she does? does there's something in pre-production called titan it's T I T A N E coming out. It's a 2020 in France. It's in pre production right now. It says a young man with a bruised face is discovered in an airport. It says his name is Adrian Legrand, a child who disappeared 10 years ago. As he's finally reunited with his father, gruesome murders are piling up in the region. I'm about it. Oh, Let's well, that, it. now that's, uh, well, that's, that's Julie. That's the director of Raw. We meant, uh, I don't think yeah. Coralie has anything. Oh, Coralie. No, not that I have heard. No. Yeah, that's probably the film that Neon bought then, the Titan. Yeah, which is awesome. Nice. Good for her. I like what Neon's been putting out. Yeah, they're pretty. They they have an interesting eye for stuff. Um, but going back to the film. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I I mean, uh, I'll talk for forever. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked just... about how a lot of her stuff is body focused, and this definitely is. Um... Yeah want to talk about that at all yeah when i was thinking about this movie the one quote that came to my mind was from ginger snaps which is another Mm. like body focused horror movie and it's uh i get this ache and i thought that was for sex but it's to tear everything to fucking pieces yes that and that really reminded me of um uh the scholar barbara creed's work on like the feminine monster the monstrous feminine which basically like is a response to the idea that horror films are this like very like patriarchal masculine genre and like where women are only victims it really like posits that like typically like when there's feminine 
when there's feminine like themes in horror it's fabricated as like this monstrous thing and it's commonly done through like the association with like female reproductive body or other Mm -hmm. like mothering tasks and like she brings a lot of like theory like freudian shit into it but like when i was watching raw i was just thinking about how like my favorite thing about horror is when um like these movies basically use like puberty to like be Mm -hmm. this like extremely monstrous thing like the main character in this movie is not really going through puberty anymore but she's still in in this point in her life where everything is changing Mm -hmm. and it's new and it's scary and like she's learning who she is and what she wants to be and you know like that still applies um and like this change could be like a (coughs) metaphor for that but it's also like a combination of like the hunger for like meat and sex and just these raw carnal desires that like are inherently very scary Mm -hmm. um and so she takes that like internal feeling of like I'm such a fucked up person I have all these desires and they're very scary because desiring is something that is inherently very like scary uh, and she makes it into this very, very external thing. Uh, and that's why I love this movie so much. Um, and that's why I love other movies that are like it. Because, I mean, when do we get to see these kinds of... Like, like what are... Like, there are not that many examples yeah. of these kinds of... Like, it's... Like, like there are... Like, we see so many, like, men coming of age. Mm-hmm. But, like, when we see women coming of age, it's like... Yeah. You know, like... Like this is a perspective that isn't touched on as often as I would like it to be personally. So, mm-hmm. um, especially in horror, and I like I like films That's like this why, that yeah that go there. That's why we gotta get more ladies making horror. Like I'm really glad yeah. you brought up Ginger Snaps because that was all three of those were written by women. Um, yeah, but j- the first one specifically like is just all about pe- getting your first period and how much it fucking mm-hmm. sucks. That'd be a great double feature. With I have I've planned uh-huh. so many double features with Raw that will never happen. Ravenous is another one. Oh my god! I mean, I think that's perfect. Yeah. So let's do let's it. Do, all Triple right. feature. All right, I'm coming over to Sundance. Let me in. Okay, come to my condo and we'll we'll screen it for uh, my one roommate. <laughs> um, no, but I think that when people talk about horror and especially like body horror like if they don't talk about these kinds of movies that posit like these changing like the change like women's changing bodies and like the spaces that they go through when they like go through puberty and come of age it's like it's you're missing like such a key point of horror mm-hmm. like when i when i was in college and i was doing my the- my thesis um this one of my classmates he really wanted to do his thesis on horror and specifically body horror and as he mm. was defending like his idea we had to get like constructive criticism and basically like help push him in a direction that would make him successful mm-hmm. and i remember i raised my hand like right away i was sitting in the front row because i'm a nerd i'm like <laughs> this is a great topic, but, like, all of your examples and all of your research is, like, very masculine, mm-hmm. and you should look at films like Carrie and Teeth and Ginger yes. Snaps because, like, the feminine perspective is so vital in this, genre, like, this subgenre of horror. Like, if you're going to talk about body horror and you don't talk about, like, women, like, what are you fucking doing, dude? And I told him all this, and he was like, yeah, I'm just not interested in any of that. Like, it's all gross. And I was like, okay, well. <laughs> Let's unpack that. Um... <laughs> Good luck writing your fucking thesis, then. Like, I'm sorry that, like, women getting their period, like, disgusts you. But, like, how do you think we fucking feel? <laughs> Imagine how we feel. I know. I'm tired of it. 
tired every day. Like, especially with, uh, having, like, with a female perspective on it, like, the having a woman behind this, behind the camera and writing it, like, Mm -hmm. makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I need more! I just want more! There's a, I really am fascinated by the relationship with the the sisters specifically in this. It's like, yeah, a relationship you, I mean, it's always foreign to me because I've never had a sister. And like I don't I don't know about that. Y'all y'all both have sisters, right? I do. Is this what it's like? I have a sister. <laughs> no. Yeah, it is what it's like. <laughs> it's exactly what it's like. I was watching this movie and I was like, yeah, that's literally what having a sister is like. Um, and I was looking up the actresses, and the woman who plays Justine is the same age as my sister, which <laughs> made me very upset for. a a number of reasons and then i looked up the woman who played the older Mm -hmm. sister and she was around my age i was like yeah that's what what it's like that's like yeah um but i love the family like even like going past the sisters like the whole family dynamic and like and like l this will be something you'll probably pick up on more if you ever rewatch it but like when Mm. you've watched this for the second time like knowing like the ending which I'm sure we'll get to mm-hmm. and spoil in a minute. But, like, yeah. I picked up on, like, so much more nuance and, like, the whole family dynamic was really interesting and just, like, the concept of, like, how much of us, like, do we pick for ourselves? Like, what's been what's been given to us, like, genetically? Like, mm. you know, like, are we fucked up because of the choices that we make or did our parents fuck us up? Is it just all random? Like, what does it all mean? Like... That to me is really fascinating, and the relationship between these sisters, oh man, it's, it's, I mean, in my experience, it's realistic, like, my sister and I fight all the time, (laughs) (laughs) but like, we still get, like, but the thing is, like, even though they fight, like, they still get along, like, they still have this close relationship. Yeah, she still is, like, looking out for her. Yeah, and even at the end, as they go through all of these, like, truly horrible things, Mm -hmm. like... They still like are close. Like they, they still embrace, and like you know, that just yeah. feels. It just again. I, I think it really lends itself to the writer and director being a woman. And I don't know if she had siblings, but like you know, it's it's different when a guy's like, "Yeah, this is how sisters are," and <laughs> oftentimes that's not really the no. the case. Um, these two get along and they interact in a way that felt very genuine to me. Yeah, like, I, I didn't fight a lot with my sister because we had, like, an age difference that was, like, we were kind of off in our own thing for the mm-hmm. most part, uh, and I guess we just weren't really ones to fight in the end, but, like, they they do interact very, like, when they were getting along and stuff, or when they did, like, sometimes when we did argue, I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of, that's that sounds, like, really similar to my sister and I, <laughs> um, but... I was just thinking uh, when you said about how, like, how much it comes from my parents, how much, you know, I was, like, the inheriting of parents' trauma kind of thing. How, like, supposedly we, we inherit, you know, our ancestors, like, trauma and stuff through our DNA. And I was like, oh, boy, much to think about with this movie. What's what's wild like, to me oh, is, I, I guess we can just get into the ending here, but what was wild to me is that... Just, First of all, when I first saw the ending, I was like, what the fuck? But, like... It's a fantastic ending. What's crazy oh, to me God. is just that, like, the parents really don't do anything to stop it for either of them. They're just like, yeah, this is what's gonna happen, and it has to happen. 
Um, and why? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Explain. I mean, but the dad acknowledges that it's his fault. Yeah. For the listeners, spoiler alert now, the end of the movie, they realize that um, this is the the desire to consume flesh is a trait that is being passed down um, hereditarily through the mother and presumably to only women because the dad remarks and I caught this this time because he remarks to Justine don't ever have two girls it's too hard and when I watched it for the first time I thought that he just meant like oh women are catty they'll fucking fight but then he but in his brain he was thinking like one one child who wants to eat flesh is manageable two is too much um and I was like oh I get it now um but so he like has this conversation with his daughter and he reveals that he has all of these like bite marks and like scarred flesh from when he and their mom were were, were dating and I mean it's a gut punch like it it's such a and like the score like swells up at that moment too and then it cuts to the credits and, but like but like I, he admits that like they the failure was on their part like he's like it's not your fault it's not your sister's fault it's our fault because you know, we thought it would solve itself. Mm. And we didn't find a good enough oh. solution. I'm sure Thanks, you will, boomer. though. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that truly is the boomer mentality. That actually makes okay, a lot of boomer. sense now. <laughs> it is. Like, I mean, I've had my parents say to me before, like, we thought this would just solve itself. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Did like, it? I love you, but no, <laughs> that's not how that works. But, like, it really does um, go back to the, like, you know, we inherit our parents' shit, mm-hmm. and it's up to, and, you know, it's, this quote has really stuck out to me, um, where it's, like, every person you see is either, like, repeating the cycles of abuse or doing the work to break it, mm-hmm. um, and so that's kind of, like, where our protagonist is at at the end of it, not so much, like, abuse, but just, like, she has the choice she can perpetuate this and keep keep it going um and pass it on to her children or she can like start doing the work to like not be that way if she doesn't want to be and it's really just this like open-ended like what is she gonna be who is she gonna become like what is she gonna do and i mean i love open-ended stuff like that so i think it's one of the best endings i've ever seen yeah and if and if this were america it would have three sequels by now oh my god i know (laughs) directed by the the grip of the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Not directed by a woman, that's for sure. No. She would have asked for more money and, like, a little more time, and they would have been like, fuck you. Right? And they would have re- replaced her with some dude. Oh, my God. Who would ask for the same time and resources, and they would give it to him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. T. <Tea. laughs> Um, what did you guys think about the use of music in this film? That was something I thought was particularly striking this time, like, the way that, like, they use, like, the score, but also, like, music in all of these, like, party party scenes. scenes. Yeah, oh my god. Well, first of all, I love the scene where she's in front of the mirror and, like, the the, the song choice to it, like, um... Mm -hmm. (laughs) All all the... That's another question, just, I just this brought up to me watching this I'm like I don't know if I just didn't have the same college experience or if this is just how France is like maybe this is because it is wild (laughs) I mean (laughs) 
I think, I mean, I think part of it is exaggerated because, you know, horror is a lot of the times just reality exaggerated, but like, I know that the director's parents were doctors, Mm. so maybe they went to like a really like fucked up school and like, I don't know, my mom went to college because she wanted to be a veterinarian and then she ended up dropping out because she didn't, she was, she was, she didn't have the stomach for it. Mm -hmm. And so she became a teacher instead. So I should show her this movie and ask her which, if she... (laughs) Can you imagine? Yeah, if you, like, ask me to dissect a dog, I'd be like, I'm actually out. I'm gonna go. I gotta go. Yeah, it's a really intense environment. And I I think it's just exaggerated to, like, further, Mm -hmm. you know, just, like, the external factors that make her this person, this (laughs) thing. (laughs) Yeah, and I really like the score itself. I'm a sucker for any any kind of score like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I just like party scenes. They're fun. <laughs> Apparently she, like, handpicked every extra for those, like, party scenes and stuff. Or just for the movies. I think yeah. I remember hearing about that, too. Yeah. Didn't, didn't they talk about that on the Switchblade? They did. I'm stealing my research from that. No, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> April Wolf does the work and then I copy it. No, um... <laughs> Well, I just, I remembered listening to that, like, a long time ago, and I was like, I was like, what? Isn't that insane? Like, hundreds of extras handpicked, and, like, all given something to do during the party scene, and I'm just like, whack. Because this all, I mean, I'm sure this, they didn't have a lot of time to film this, right? Like. I don't think so. I mean, I I would have to look into it, but, like, typically films on that scale are not given that long to film because I don't think this was a big budget thing it probably was middle budget or on the lower side yeah I don't know how France works ever in any I mean do do any of us no (laughs) I heard of it um well well, Elle do you have a a life event for this oh I'm dying to hear what you've picked (laughs) (laughs) who's been eating people (laughs) Um, I decided to, uh, actually talk about some, uh, cannibalism in pop culture because it is quite popular. Uh, <laughs> the kids are very into it. The kids are into it. <laughs> Instead of Vanessa Hudgens going, I'm so into Vogue right now, just, I'm so into cannibalism right now. <laughs> this week's hottest club is cannibalism. <laughs> Has everything you want. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, it kind of talks a little bit about how, uh, like, how Walking Dead and, you know, been long round, because they kind of overlap in that sense of, you know, zombies. What the fuck is going on outside my house? (laughs) The cannibals are here. Oh, shit. Um, (laughs) I was talking about how... uh, it seems that the zombie genre has started to kind of slowly make its way out of uh, media these days. Not so much, like, mostly, like, TV shows and movies. Um, but, you know, it's peaked and now it's fading. But now that cannibalism is on the rise instead. Because <laughs> uh, it, in the article it mentions Raw and also the Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, yeah. uh, which is a satirical comedy. Um because they both subsist on human flesh, but zombification works like a disease where cannibalistic tendencies creep in like an addiction. 
so many writers and directors are reframing cannibalism as an affliction of the mind rather than the body have turned it into a complex, often conflicted new archetype. Um, they, the new like run of cannibal stories treat their subjects not like monsters, but as human beings wrestling with the all-consuming desire to do something completely revolting. So like zombies, but with consciousness. <laughs> I guess. Um, so obviously one of the big ones is the horror film known as Cannibal Holocaust, which is regarded as one of the most gruesome films of all times. Um, I don't know if like, obviously the people did not die, but there were very real animal deaths on the screen yeah. with that film. Um, and I'm not about to support that, so I'm never going to see it. Um, and then, like, throughout the 1980s, there was Devil Hunter, White Slave, Cannibal Pharaoh. Uh, Eli Roth recently paid homage to uh, cannibalism with the Green Inferno. And then there's also Bone Tomahawk. Uh, it's hu it's horror with a Western oh. uh, with people eaters. I need to see so, that. I want to no. see it, but I'm terrified to see now, it. Now, all of the, I'm not familiar with all these six examples, but most of these are... Um, how do I say this? Appropriating from like uh, cult diff cultures that are not our own, and yes, framing cannibalism in that because that's the reference yeah. in real life that we usually have for that, and it's I'm assuming exploitative yeah. in most cases. <laughs> and yeah, um, it even mentions that uh, the Green Inferno and Bone Tomahawk ascribe savage tribesmen qualities to the people that are cannibals. So it's like awesome. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but also, one of our most famous cannibals of all time, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> We'd love to talk about that it. Boy. My favorite person in media. I don't know a better yes. person. What was the <laughs> fucking Tumblr post like? Are you saying that a cannibal could not be a feminist? Are you saying psychopaths can't be feminists? <laughs> Me, but unironically. Like, you watching Hannibal Brian Le Cox in. Feminist. <laughs> Icon Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> He's an equal opportunity eater, guys. Like it's oh I hate it. he doesn't discriminate. It's fine. Gross. More on that it's, later. It's so good. Um So uh, the article even says on the severely underseen TV series Hannibal. Mm -hmm. True. So like, mm. it's I love that it's mentioned so much in so many like different media, like in the um, in the Child's Play movie, not like the newest one, but the one before that is like, su like such a shame they canceled that show, and I'm just like, I feel it. Like, such a good series. Um, <laughs> but just like, it's so good, and you, usually when people talk about cannibalism, their first thought is Hannibal Lecter, since he's like the most prominent and famous cannibal fictional character of all it time. fucking rhymes. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. <laughs> He owns. Thomas Harris, what is up? Oh, God. <laughs> Thomas Harris has my number. <laughs> Call it any time. <clears throat> so, um, if you wanted to talk about Santa Clarita Diet, though, because that's kind of like a more, like, comedic take on cannibalism. Uh, it stars Drew Barrymore in Southern California, uh, obviously, and she just has she's just like a really nice person and then she suddenly has this taste for raw flesh is she not <laughs> a zombie in it 
I no, haven't seen it. She's oh. she's a straight up straight up person. She's uh, and so oh. just a cannibal. Uh, and so and her husband, played by Timothy Oliphant, uh, restructured their lives to accommodate her new quirk. As I'm putting that in quotation marks. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's like. I'm just having like a revelation now. If anyone's like written about this or about how like when like in western culture and specifically white people are cannibals it's all very sophisticated or sub- even suburbanism like in Santa Clara diet and then Hannibal's all like having dinner parties and stuff but then like mm-hmm. green inferno and in the past it's just like oh look at these look at these scary yeah. tribes I mean, I, this is what I they think do. that's just your I think that's just your good old fashioned white privilege <laughs> yeah. white cannibals are privileged well because like i feel like there was another example of a show i don't remember what network it was on it only ran for like a season i didn't watch it but i knew people who did it was called like brain dead and it was set set in like washington dc like amongst like amongst politics and i was like i feel like that was something that is like very similar with all these other shows and i mean again that's just like it's you know if it happens to white people like we're afforded like (laughs) We, we we get the chance to like humanize ourselves and like be portrayed sympathetically, but mm-hmm. when it's like other cultures, it's like oh well, they're just it's used for like... straight up horror and terror. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, because I mean, this world is so xenophobic, so like that's yeah. such a, a such a, an easy thing to mine for horror because everyone is everyone's afraid of everyone, you know, like but like yeah. but like we good white people like clearly like we're just misunderstood like. <laughs> I think that's where that roots from, but that would be an interesting thing to write about. Yeah, like I don't know if I'm. Yeah. that's my lane to do. To do but um, I would yeah. love to see it. I, would, I definitely would. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it even talks. Uh, this article also talks about uh, the neon demon, which is not exactly cannibalistic, but it does have the mindset of that because it's in the world of modeling and it's like a girly girl world. Like oh. you have to stay on top and like. Oh, like almost pretty much eating each other, but not literally to like compete and stay and survive in this life. Um, there is a. I mean, there is some real cannibalism in that movie. There is. There is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Have you guys not seen the spoilers seen for the hmm, spoilers for the Neon oh, Demon? Um, there is real cannibalism in that movie. Hell yeah. Oh. All right. So, yeah, there you go. The more you know. Um, that's, like, the only thing I remember from that movie. Uh, but, yeah, there's, uh, there's some, real, some real cannibalism going oh, on there. Oh, my God, yes. Um, there are two. Uh, I, I don't know if they're out yet or uh, where they are in their projects so far. Uh, Bruno Dumont, he's a French filmmaker and two-time Cannes Grand Prix winner. Um, he has His latest pick is called Slack Bay. It's a hottie class comedy where a proletarian uh, beach family takes eating the rich literally to heart. And I'm just like, (laughs) would like to see it. Uh, And then Anna Lily Amirpour, who wrote the and directed the um, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Uh, She's doing her second film, The Bad Batch. It's a brutal DIY amputation and subsequent brunch that, like, deals with cannibalism uh, as the heroine's captor goes about preparing his meal of human extremities. There's, like, a vacancy in his eyes, so he's, like think great white shark but for humans yeah that came out so. a couple years ago and there was a lot of controversy yeah. surrounding it actually from the way she treated <laughs> people of color in the movie oh no yeah both of these movies both of these movies are out i've only seen one 
uh, the Bad Batch, um, and I can confirm it's not very good. Yeah, I turned uh, it off. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, I mean, the concept is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. just not executed very well. I haven't seen Slack Bay, but I do know a lot of people who really like Bruno Dumont. And they thought it was interesting. I, I haven't really heard anything about it. I'm sure you could find it at your library. Or on a, I, I don't think it'll be on a streaming service, but you can probably rent it somewhere. Um, yeah. But I didn't know that's what it was about. See, I didn't really hear a whole mm. lot about like what it was actually about. I've never heard of it. So <laughs> What, you don't follow Cam, Kate? No! <laughs> I just <laughs> I just watch Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I'm that one director that put two Mission Impossible movies on his top ten of the decade. Guy Madden. Yes. <laughs> and he put the two correct ones on there. Oh my god. Well, mine would be mine would be he... Go to Call on Rogue Nation because he put Fallout, right? Are you? No, I think Did he, he put, put Rogue Nation. I think he put Rogue Nation. The representation. I'm pulling it up right now Please. because because yeah the correct answers are go to call and rogue nation and I will... just kidding he just kidding he did put fallout and go mm-hmm. to call but in my brain because I wanted it to be rogue nation uh-huh. I, because, I read it as because rogue nation. it's better than fallout and anyone everyone because fallout. it is yeah I mean I and I say this as someone who loves oh fallout, yeah but like but like uh, go to go to call and rogue nation are like mm, moi, moi. I have the rogue nation poster it's not on my wall because it's stored away, but I had it on my wall for, like, ever since it came out, up until I just moved, so. Oh, now that's cinema. So, yeah, no, I don't follow Ken. I follow, I follow <laughs> Tom Cruise running. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I just am interested in seeing more of, like, what they could use for cannibalism um, in films and in TV shows, because I feel like that's kind of starting its, its rise, but at the same time, it's like, it has. To, I feel like it has to be treated with a certain like hand, almost. Well, maybe maybe that's we said. Maybe that one that you mentioned about eating the rich is what's gonna kind of the angle that it's gonna take <laughs> New because one. because horror is usually a political thing and it's always reacting to the social issues of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right now we all just want to eat the rich, and so maybe there'll be more movies. <laughs> oh, we do it literally. Let's go. <laughs> it's a statement. <laughs> <laughs> but I like what you said about reframing it as like less like this like savagery and more yeah. about like this thing that it's like this itch that you just can't help but want to scratch. Yeah. I think that I mean that applies for raw definitely yeah. like mm-hmm. Oh, like, bring it, it back. It definitely. Yeah. I It's themes. Today's theme it's is themes. themes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I mean it does apply I think to raw yeah. because you know, it it's like it's something that becomes so out of her control and she just can't help but succumb to it. Like I mean, she doesn't really want to eat her sister's finger and she doesn't want to eat raw chicken. She didn't even want to eat the rabbit liver that they make her eat. Like yeah. it, it's just something that like she becomes more and more does she does it's just something it's a desire that grows within her i mean we mm-hmm. can all relate to that on some level not to like eat people but like we all have those desires and the the we are com- sometimes compelled to do things we wouldn't normally do you know it's so i think going forward if more films touch on that like it's more interesting 
than just yeah. like, oh, well, they're foreign, so it, they're clearly, <laughs> it's clearly just who they are. Like, it just, it, it has more opportunity for, like, nuance and complexity, which are two of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, the song from the Legally Blonde musical Gay or European, but I was like, is he a cannibal or is he just European? <laughs> in my head. It's just Maz Mikkelsen, don't worry about it's it. Just, yeah. <laughs> Mad. Love that man. <laughs> How would this film be a unwary gay film? Well, there's a gay mm. there's a gay character in it. Or, well, I wanted to talk about that because, like, obviously, like exploring sexuality is fine and you should be doing it, but they never really give a reason as to why he has sex with her. And, like, I don't know if he was, it's just, like, if maybe he's bi or something and afraid of that because he spent his whole life, like, being closeted and trying to, like, accept his, you know, feelings for men and everything. Or, like, I don't know if y'all had an opinion on that. I'm talking about her, her gay roommate. I kind of read it as, like, I feel like oftentimes, like, when you are gay and some, and, and when you're, and when you are bisexual too, but, like, there's this, I mean, compulsory heterosexuality is such a strong yeah. force that, like, you know, I think a part of him was probably, like, you know, like, you know, this is, you know, like, this is, like, what's normal, like, I want to be normal, like, I'll have sex with her, and then, like, when <clears> she <throat> tries to, like, get close to him afterwards, he's, like, stop, I'm gay, yeah. like, he reasserts it, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it, you know, I mean, I mean, we all explore with our desires and our attractions and I think that's kind of the case of what was going on there. Um, I wouldn't necessarily consider this film like an honorary gay film, but like, I also do think like there's room for interpretation. Like there's just, I mean, just the themes that are at play here, like rejecting, like what is expected of you, like... Like, you know, like, it, there's definitely, I mean, smarter queer theorists, like, w- w- would probably, like, have a field day with this movie. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just, I'm well, just a, a man, I'm just a simple, well, a simple Yeah, because it's all, man, like, 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 repression and desire and everything, and that, I mean, that's something I always, I, I thought a lot about Ravenous, like I mentioned, which that is totally, I think, queer themed. Like, that, that really yes, takes definitely. the cake for, like, all of that as an allegory for for queer desire but yeah i think you could Mm -hmm. make a a case for this too yeah i think you could make a case for this movie but like i don't i don't know if that's necessarily what the film was intending to be which which i think was more the case with with i would argue ravenous is more (laughs) like intended to be that way than like raw is but but i mean you could make a case for almost everything i mean that's the point (laughs) of this show it's like we're just gonna yeah (laughs) (laughs) I also wanted to pay, oh my god, I had to rewind at the part where she walks in and he's getting, like, a BJ from someone. The man is literally, like, at stomach level. I'm like, this is, That's not where that is. That's not where that goes. I was, like, dying. He was just licking his belly button. It's fine. Oh my god. I'm like, all right, I don't want you to make any actors uncomfortable. So, if that's what is this, the room? I don't... Stop! Stop! (laughs) I know what you're saying and I don't like it. You're you're terrible. Uh, 
Yeah, raw. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> so, if I I highly recommend watching uh, this film um, to people, I would definitely look at the warnings mm-hmm. of stuff because like. I'm not particularly squeamish. There are some things where it just, like, sets me on edge or just, I'm just, like, I can't really deal with it because my body's just, like, nah, not gonna do it. Um, but even this, I was kind of, like, you know, just, (laughs) I was, like, I gotta look away. I gotta turn off the noise and just make it through it. Um, but I think it is worth the watch, um, especially also because it's a woman-directed horror movie and, as always... We like to promote that, women directors. So write that, yeah. Highly approve, highly advocate for. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad I watched it again. I'm, and I'm glad that even before rewatch, I included it on my decade list for horror because it it just stuck with me, and I'm glad I gave it a rewatch. I'm like, yeah, I (laughs) I feel validated (laughs) in my decision. Yeah, I don't recommend this movie to a lot of people, but not because I don't love it. Just because, like, it's very, like, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Yeah. Um, Isn't that great, though? <laughs> but, but I love it. I think if people can stomach it, uh, they should seek it out. I mean, I don't make decade lists or year lists anymore, but I would probably put it on my mm-hmm. decade list. And I think, actually, isn't... <laughs> the idea to do this episode was because I was listening, I think, to your decade oh. list, and I texted, I texted yeah. you like, "Hey, I threw up at this movie, by the way." <laughs> and I'm like, "Let's, you, let's you, talk about that." If you, if you guys want to explore that, <laughs> okay. And just as I, just as we were talking about it, fucking Santa Clarita Diet popped up on my dashboard. So, hey. <laughs> all like, right, do we want to wind yeah. down then? Sure. Uh, since Cindy, since you're our guest, would you like yeah. to talk about what you've been up to? Sure. Um, I watched yesterday, uh, I watched Manhunter by Michael Mann, <laughs> which is um, one of the, f- I think it was the first of the Hannibal adaptation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I'm a big Hannibal Lecter fan for those who've listened to, like, my other appearances on this podcast. I've I w- I read the books when I was 11. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, and watched the movie when I, The Sounds of the Lambs when I was 11 It's my favorite movie um, I I liked this movie um, I thought Brian Cox was like A fantastic Hannibal Like I kind of went in like prejudiced Because like I grew up on Anthony Hopkins I'm an Anthony Hopkins bitch But like <laughs> Brian Cox like did a really good job Like he was very menacing um, And I just kind of wanted more of him Like I was oh. like where'd he go like bring him back and like I know that wasn't like the point of the movie it's very like in line with like Red Dragon and like the Hannibal TV series like it focuses on Will Graham and like his whole thing which if you're into that like you'll like Manhunter but like I I really am more interested in like Hannibal and Clarice Starling um so I was kind of like it's good I bit you know I I was like I wish I wish Jodie Foster was here (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all just, wish that I know right um, and then the other thing I was watching was I actually just came back from the movies before I, we hopped on to record this um, I saw uh, Agnes Varda's last film Varda oh. by Agnes and oh. I know um, it was really emotional I cried <laughs> a lot in the movie um, it was a really good documentary it was really like a good just her explaining all of her films and like all of her like intentions behind 
like her life's work and, and just getting to listen to her talk for like two hours was like a godsend like I miss her so much um Aww. you know it's coming up on a year since she passed and like she was one of my heroes and so like to just get to spend time with her again was really nice um I just love listening to her uh so I highly recommend that if it comes out near you and then I think you can watch Manhunter on like yeah Amazon I'll definitely so. keep I don't know why. an eye out <clears throat> Those were the two things I I've been I've been watching, and then I'm gonna sit and watch movies for like ten days straight. After this, <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> wish that was me. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, it's fun, but like, it's, you know, it's it's a it's definitely a marathon and not a sprint. Oh man. <laughs> well, Oof. I I've been watching some things. Quite a few Oscar things that I'm not really into, but instead I want to talk about how I rewatched 1917. (laughs) (laughs) I truly feel like a dad or something at the amount of how much I loved this movie and how emotional I get just thinking about it. (laughs) Because, like, I don't think I was prepared. Like, going in, everyone was like, yeah, it's, like, technically really well made, but, you know, not, you know, the store, what, I was like, okay. And I'm like so emotional during like I think I cried even more the second time at different things <laughs> just like wow I'm really just crying at this white boy running huh <laughs> yeah I don't know I, I also have been watching The Circle on Netflix that's what I was watching right before this I keep hearing about this <laughs> it's buck wild so Sydney have you heard of this no oh, what is God. it it's this reality show on Netflix where these people, it's kind of like Big Brother, except they're all they're all in separate rooms. They're all isolated, and they have to create these like online profiles and interact with each other only through that. They only see their pictures and what they're posting in like the the group chat and everything, and they have to like rate each other by popularity, and like get voted off. And, but if, and like first of all, like casting did a great job because these people are ridiculous. But also, <laughs> at least two of them are catfishing. <laughs> like this one guy is using his girlfriend's pictures. And this other girl, this lesbian, is just using a random girl's photo that I'm sure they, like, got permission from. But, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's wild. There's this man that literally looks like he came came from Jersey Shore named Joey. Oh, my God. It's it's just a lot to unpack. It's great. Anyways. (laughs) That's what I've been watching. Um, so I I finished my first book of 2020. (gasps) Um, was also called The Circle. Very different. Oh, God. Uh, it's by Dave Eggers. I think this is the first time I've ever rated a book where I was like, eh. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I was like, because you liked my review on Goodreads, uh, Kate, where yeah. I was like, if I ever write a one-dimensional female character like this, I want you to, to like, hit me with something. I was like, I was like, does she not question literally anything that's happening to her? Like, no, she doesn't. And I'm like, and there was stuff that was, like, being mentioned, and I was like, ooh, this is a cool thread that I would love to hear more about, but they never went anywhere. So I was like, all right, what's the point? Um, it's basically, like, uh, it felt like Big Brother starting to take over the world, essentially. Mm. And it was okay, I guess. I'd, I'm not quite sure why it was a New York Times best-selling book, but whatever. So it was Fifty Shades of Grey. Doesn't mean it's good. Mm. <laughs> what? No comment. No, no comment. <laughs> well then. Uh, <laughs> um, 
that I'm now I'm reading uh, Stiff by Mary Roach uh, that talks about the uh, cadavers that happen to people that pass away uh, and stuff like that. And, like, the first chapter she's talking about, like, these, like, human heads that are, like, cut off right at the base of the neck right here, like, right under your jawline. And people are practicing, like, facelifts on it. And, like, because you don't have, like, if, if you're not going to be, I guess, um, turned cremated, you you donate your body to, like, be used for, like, organ donation and stuff like that, you don't really get to say what happens to your head, I guess. Hey, or whatever. I'm not using it. Oh. I'm not using it. Um, so I'm reading that, and then afterwards I'm reading uh, A Pale View of Hill, A Pale View, ugh. A Pale View of Hills uh, by Kazuo Ishiguro. Um, mm. And then just yesterday, oh no, yeah, just yesterday I finished watching uh, 2018's version of Suspiria. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I have not seen that <laughs> Heard of it. <laughs> I haven't seen the original, so I can't make any comparisons. Um, I think Dakota Johnson does a pretty good uh, job in this film, so I really liked her. Uh, in it, um, it was it was weird because um, I'm just I wouldn't I hadn't seen any trailer or anything. I was just like, I'll watch it. Sure, why not? <laughs> I was like, alrighty then. Like there was some stuff where I was like, I think the one part I had to look away was when this girl was like doing all this like contortion stuff, but it's like she's like in pain while she's doing it, and it was actual like the girl was actually doing it because she was like double jointed or extremely flexible she was a contortionist so there was like no cgi and i was just like this is extremely oh. painful to watch no thank you um so but it was interesting it was an interesting film um but other than that i haven't really been up to much else just uh, reading just... five books and watching a three hour long movie <laughs> that's all <laughs> <laughs> yeah do more Watch I more. have to do more. You did remind me that there's more. this book I forgot to mention during nineteen while talking about nineteen seventeen that I want to read. That's like it's called Wasteland and it's, and it's about like how World War One was kind of like the influencer beginning of modern horror as we know it. Oh my god, sounds ooh yeah. I won't start talking about nineteen seventeen again, but that's <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see that movie because like I know that people. <laughs> Cause like like I remember when uh, the Golden Globes were happening and everyone was getting on like everything like 1917 was winning stuff, um, and I'm just like I haven't leaving. seen it so I can't <laughs> knock it. <laughs> um, but like I'm like if you were really truly going to be a dad, you could be like my dad who went and watched Ford versus Ferrari alone at the movie oh, theater. Oh, that's gonna be me, baby. I was like, true dad move. <laughs> and he was like, hey, I had a good time. And I was like, you always have a good time, dad. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> hey, it's another year of Tracy Letts, baby. He is the Ford of Ford v. Ferrari. <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's in it. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Literally my reaction, like, I have to see this, don't I? The Tracy lets us on. <laughs> like, oh, finally. It's about time. Oh, God. Uh, Would you guys kill me if I talked about Guy Ritchie for, like, one Oh, minute? my God, no. yeah. <laughs> okay, so I watched The Gentleman, like, weeks ago. <laughs> and it has given me so much brain damage. 
to the point where it's all I think about. Um, <laughs> highly recommended. It's a terrible movie. It's offensive in almost every way. Oh my god. Um, and I loved it. Uh, I think that Hugh Grant should get an Oscar for his performance, and I think that Jeremy Strong should win a Razzie. I'm yeah. very like Jeremy. If you're listening not to this, a, I fucking love you. Award. I fucking love you, but like. Holy shit, every word he said gave me whiplash. Like, <laughs> I think of it's it sits in the in my mind's eye constantly. I loved it. It was a great movie. I just I, mean, I had to tell you let you know that like Guy Ritchie and Matthew Vaughn are different people. I mean, how am I supposed to know that? I don't <laughs> That was when I learned that Guy Ritchie didn't make the Kingsman movies. Which, you know, was news to me, but it, very, it felt like his kind of response to Kingsman, and, oh, you know, God. I liked it on the same level that I liked the Kingsman movies, and that I didn't like it. <laughs> but, but like, it was very entertaining. Um, so, you know, if you want to, like, throw 15 bucks at, at Guy Ritchie, uh, guess who the gentleman well, just, comes out in theaters, like, this weekend. That's no, no water off my back. So. Wow. <laughs> well, fine, then. Um... <laughs> Oh shit! That reminds me. Um, he's not he's not doing the third Sherlock Holmes movie, um, but Dexter Fletcher is, and really um, is. <laughs> and it's in pre production right now. And I'm just like, please. Oh, who's the uh, oh fuck? Who's the guy that's writing it? Cause like, I lost my mind when I when I read who was. Who was writing it? Hold on one second. I need to find it. Oh my god, this is taking a turn. Um. Oh yeah, it's a. It one. He was the guy who wrote for like uh, Species Two and Hannibal. Uh, Chris Brancato. So I'm like, we're about to have and like Narcos, um, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, and Criminal Intent, and just like he's written for so many shows. And I'm like, this is gonna be a wild ride, and I'm about it. Well, I don't Let's know go. why they're making another one, but <laughs> as long as they bring back Jared Harris, I don't care. Uh, yes. He's dead. <laughs> what? You know the whole point of the Reichenbach fall is that he falls. Whatever. <laughs> More I didn't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the the one that he's in. I just know that oh, he's in. Yeah, it the one he's in like is right. He looks like a snack. Oh, <laughs> he is. Very gay. In it. He also, was the but... first Moriarty I ever saw, and he is like my favorite Moriarty. So, like, sorry, Andrew Scott, but he is. He's the best. Jared Harris, if you're listening, we fucking love you, man. Jared Bear, you should have won that Golden Globe, his, and I'm sorry. His wife's gonna Don't. find this somehow. <laughs> Allegra, if you're listening, we love you too. <laughs> Tell Jared. <laughs> Got a tweet on private, so she can't fave my Jared Harris tweet. She'll still find it. She will. <laughs> Follow a request from Mrs. Harris on Twitter. <laughs> Shall I approve? <laughs> okay. So, uh, so where can we find everybody on uh, social media? Um, I'm on Twitter at Gay and Better. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Dyke Maddie. <laughs> And I am also on Twitter at LM Designs. Uh, and the podcast also has a Twitter, uh, Horror Time Pod, and a Facebook, Stop Horror Time Pod. 
Uh, and if you like us and you want to spread the word about us, we would totally appreciate that. Or any ratings on any app that you use to listen to podcasts as well. Uh, we're perfect for people who are more interested in horror but just cannot watch horror movies because I totally get it. I was one of you one time. I told myself once I was never going to watch any Saw movies and now I have a tattoo of one on my arm. So. <laughs> my impact. <laughs> Your impact. You, you Jackson Z's impact, truly. Um, so thank you so much for joining us again, Sydney. We yeah, love having you on here. On. Thanks for having me. Just keep inviting me back. I'll come back. Yeah, uh, we will definitely do so. Um, and so we look forward to talking about next week's movie, and we will see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Bye.